0: welcome to book recos between the pages i'm jess and i'm lauren and we're the pals behind book recos this is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between now, you may
1: remember that we've previously discussed The Appeal by Janice Hallett in an episode called Recent Crime Reads, and today we are discussing her brand new book which comes out on the
0: 13th of January. It's called The Twyford Code, and she is back with a bang in this twisty, turny mystery novel. We can't wait for you all to read it.
1: Hello, we are coming to you today from High on Why, which is known as the world's first book town. We think that's a self given title. (laughs) We don't know. We haven't looked into it. Um, But that's where we are. It's the first weekend of January. Times are bleak. So we ventured off on a little trip, which we are referring to as a reading retreat. I think we need to TM that stat. I feel like someone has
0: already. Damn, we're too (laughs) slow um we have wine if you haven't already been able to tell mm. um we were sent this by Mirabu, who are our favorite go-to rosé brand we aren't even just saying that because they sent it to us for free it is genuinely the best i think it's the only rosé we drink
1: together yeah it also is. Do you know, i love time. that it's january and we're drinking rosé which i feel like most people say for the
0: summer and i think you say it's dry jan oh for some summer. dry jan I know, I'm glad we're on the same page
1: about that one. Um, Hang on, before you carry on, I need to yeah. just say, before we started recording, Lauren put a coaster under my wine glass <laughs> and she went, this is for when you try and do this. <coughs> we're just putting my glass down really heavily, which I do do quite often. Quite a lot. Honestly, The sass in her eyes. So Lauren, here I am using my coaster. Thank you very much.
0: I'd like a gold star. Anyway, I interrupted, carry on. Um, so thank you to Mirabu for sending us mm. A shit ton of wine quite frankly for what is it two and a half days two days really. i believe in us i think we can do it yep um and we've done some yoga we are staying in an absolutely gorgeous luxury pod which has a hot tub it's got a fire pit it's got everything you need for a reading retreat weekend really see <laughs> ya <laughs> we will be making full use of that tomorrow and I'm so pleased we made it here and Jessica thank you very much for getting us here safely you're
1: so welcome (laughs) um yeah screw you Rona this last week we've been like how's the Latte flow yeah how's it going and we won the Latte flow roulette We did (laughs) touchwood
0: touchwood yeah sorry Lauren that was my hand not my glass (laughs) tapping the table the last time I said this on the podcast I closed the podcast and had a text from my mum saying my brother had caught Covid so I feel like we shouldn't jinx it well we've already done it my phone literally it's just too passed. late shit do i read it oh it's my sister she had covid at christmas we're all good we're clear we're all good <laughs>
1: um but yes high on why is adorbs Very. lots of bookshops full of new and used books how many were there like seven
0: minimum we should have counted we still a couple when we were driving out a bunch wow. um lots of
1: independent cafes and like home and antique shops in fact, I feel like every shop here is an independent. It was. I was thinking that Puts actually because
0: office. I remember thinking, How the fuck do people here get clothes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> online? They go to other stores? But there was like Yeah,
1: there were no clothes whistles,
0: shops. there was no there's no high street shops. <laughs> whistles is what we're not like a new look. <laughs> Whistles.
1: Who do you think you are, <laughs> oh, But I do get what you mean. Like there, there wasn't even there was a, nothing brand clothes. No, there wasn't. There so... was an Oxfam, and you. To be fair, there was a chariot, like a second-hand shop that had a lovely green velvet dress that you pointed out. Oh, I did actually. I could just wear that all Imagine time. Imagine if it was from Whistles and someone had donated it.
0: <laughs> it's not very weather appropriate clothing, though, is it? For this time of
1: year, which I guess is when you wear green velvet. We're going we to da- go back tomorrow. We're going down a rabbit hole. We'll go back tomorrow and we'll let you know if we buy the green velvet dress. <laughs> we,
0: it would be a joint purchase. It would indeed. Um, yes, so sorry. We've <laughs> Back to bookshops. Back to bookshops. It's a really sweet town. There's a castle in ruins in the town centre and there's this really lovely honesty bookshop which is outside and it's actually massive. There were like two sides to it. With like four levels to the bookshop, with and you just leave a pound for every book. And there were quite a few books we saw. We saw My Dark Vanessa, we saw 5050 by oh yeah, Steve, Steve Kavanagh. Kavanagh. Yeah, 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 quite a few new, quite a few yeah. like old books. So, quite a lot to choose from. Do you know what, actually, while we've been here,
1: we've showed some self control. <laughs> we didn't come away with a load of books, I didn't come away with any. I'm really proud of myself. Um, Lauren, you did buy. Two. I bought two.
0: What were they again? So I bought two books from the same author, Paolo Coelho. Oh, you love the I author. do. He wrote The Alchemist, which is hands down one of my favourite books. Naturally, we should probably talk about him on this podcast soon. But today I bought 11 Minutes. Don't know what it was about. <laughs> she looked at me and went, This sounds really good. I just love the number 11. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's my lucky number. <laughs> Um, So I've no idea what it's about. Stay tuned. Something about 11 minutes. Um, (laughs) I've set her off. I'm really sorry. It's because it just reminded me how you then said, that is true. And then we saw a leaf facts book that was 10 minutes, 38 seconds. (laughs) I did such a dad joke.
1: I went, this one was nearly 11 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It really tickled me. Um, So I bought that one. (laughs) Is this podcast gonna be an absolute shit show? Read read a bit of the blurb. No, hang on, The Pilgrimage, you told me you bought this for a specific reason. So the second book I bought was The Pilgrimage by the same author, and the reason I bought this is because The Pilgrimage, if you don't already know, is a really famous walk from in Spain to, it's called the San Diego, Santiago Trail, and I did this with my mum. I didn't do the whole walk. I did a week's worth of it. It would actually take you a, a couple of months to do. And it, so and it's in Spain. So I'd really want to read that book because it's about like the sort of um, lessons he learnt when he was taking that pilgrimage right, on so it's his not own. Fiction. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: And I feel like each one was like what three quid?
0: Oh yeah, like two ninety five. Well,
1: <coughs> Bach, I'm very happy for you. So am I. Do we get onto the book discuss for today? I think we should. I think we've that we want digressed to do. enough. Okay. Um, Lauren, I feel like because we're probably going to reference to it so much, we should maybe just do like a quick recap of the appeal. You know, very top line, just to remind listeners that have listened to like the recent crime mm. episodes, or people that like haven't even listened to that episode. Don't know what the hell we're talking about. Just like quick
0: overview of the appeal. Yeah, sure. Should I do the honors? Oh, if you could thanks so the appeal is a mystery novel It's by janice hallett where the reader plays detective and it's basically a collection of emails between this amateur dramatic group where they where you have to like read the between the lines to find out who the culprit is in between all of their correspondence and it was really enjoyable to read and full of very interesting characters And so we were really excited when we got our early proof copies of The Twyford Code, which comes out any day now, actually. Yes. Excellently pet, Lauren. (laughs) While you're on a roll, do you want to drop the synop for The Twyford Code? Oh my God, I really do. Okay. It's time to solve the murder of the century. 40 years ago, Stephen Smith found a copy of a famous children's book, its margins full of strange markings and annotations. He took it to his remedial English teacher, Miss Isles, who became convinced it was the key to solving a puzzle, that a message in secret code ran through all of Edith's Edith Twyford's novels. Then Miss Isles disappeared on a class field trip and Stephen's memory won't allow him to remember what happened. Now, out of prison after a long stretch, Stephen decides to investigate the mystery that has haunted him for decades. Was Miss Isles murdered? Was she deluded? Or was she right about the code? And is it still in use today? So desperate to discover his memories and find out what really happened to Miss Isles, Stephen revisits the place and people and places of his childhood. But it soon becomes clear that Edith Twyford wasn't just a writer of forgotten children's stories. The Twyford Code has a great power and he isn't the only one trying to solve it.
1: And do you know what's very fun about that blurb? A few letters are highlighted in red and yeah. it spells the Twyford Code. Yeah. All the fun of the fair at this one. Um, so yeah, as, as you might have guessed from that, the Twyford Code again uses a unique storytelling technique. And this time it's voice notes. Um, and as a result, there are some words that have been picked up with a different spelling as though they've been like transcribed. Mm. For example, the school teacher Miss Isles is spelt as Miss Isles. Mm. Like M-I-S-S-I-L-E-S. Um, must have comes out as mustard because of the character's accent, um, but don't worry. There is a note at the beginning of the book that warns you of this, and there is there's even like a yeah. little key for like some spelling mistakes and certain like phrases. You like some of the things start with a loads of h's in a row, and it's just like fuzzy sound. Yeah, um, so it's really cool. And like when I started reading, really, I was like, oh my god. This is so cool. Like, there's a whole key for, like, how we have to yeah. read this book. I loved that, I was, I was very into that. Did you prefer reading voice notes in this one or emails in The Appeal?
0: I, I think I preferred reading emails because it was just easier to read. But I loved the challenge of having to decipher what was actually being said in the voice notes. And I don't know how much is true in this book. But when Stephen comes out of prison, he starts researching Edith Twyford and all of her books in more detail. And he learns about so many conspiracies which are associated with the author, like she was potentially trading English war secrets to the German government during World War II or leaving clues for stolen British gold in her book. So the reader could potentially find out where in the UK or where else they could find, like, this amazing pile of gold. Hence the Twyford Code.
1: Yeah, I did think that was trippy. Mm. I was like, God, you've got to know you're looking for it and then you've got to look for it. And, like, even in the book they talk about how books are sometimes adapted as, like, the times change and that's a that's part of it as well like is the code still gonna be there type yeah. thing like it's really cool i feel like i did prefer emails like you though mm. um but this one did make me think would it be a great audiobook because it's loads of voice yeah notes, or
0: does that spoil the magic because then you wouldn't get the misspellings yeah of like mustard yeah and all those notes where it's like letters or like little codes at the beginning of a sentence to let you know that it was said in a whisper or it was said really loud or whatever
1: yeah do you know what i did love in this what did you love all the references to lord of the flies (laughs) it's one of my favorite books of all time and i love that so steve the protagonist in this couldn't read for a really long time Mm. and then he started to read and he read like animal farm and one of the books was lord of the flies and he Literally references it to so to many times, and I feel he? like I do too. I was in a meeting pre the like most recent work from home advice. Mm. the government where some people were at home and some were in the office and i was in the office team and we had like a microphone in the conference room but it wasn't picking up sound and so i decided it should be the conch like in lord of the flies and i was like pass the conch you can't speak unless you're holding the conch and i went full piggy from lord of the flies like honestly any given chance i will i will pretend to be someone in lord of the flies so i absolutely loved that not only did he read it when he could learn to read and that it just kept being referenced to. Absolutely loved it.
0: And that's also why the book is audio files because he can't write yes. as well as he can speak. Um, so for ease, he records all of these messages on his iPhone 14. 14? Um, oh, iPhone. iPhone 4? I don't 4. think we're at iPhone we're not, 14. We're not even <laughs> there yet, are we? What well, are we on? 10 still? 13. No. 13.
1: We're 13. Mate, we're on 13. I feel like I've only got a 10.
0: God, I'm such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as you were, anyway, I've um, for. four. So something else I wanted to say about this book, actually, when you just reminded me when you talked about Lord of the Flies. The whole story dates back to when Steve or Stephen was about 11 or 12 and he's on his way to school and he finds a book on the bus and his English teacher um, tells him that he shouldn't have this book because it's been banned and there's a huge amount of controversy surrounding it and he could get in a lot of trouble for having it but then goes on to read the book to the whole class and even takes them on a school trip um, to visit some of the landmarks in the book and that's the same trip where she vanishes. So this Essentially, just gave me heavy Enid Blyton vibes. Oh my god. Yeah. Edith Twyford. Enid Enid Blyton. And like, Edith Twyford has this Super Six or whatever. Yeah, the Super Six. The Super Six series. And Edith Blyton has the famous Five, The Secret Seven. So it was just giving me really big Enid Blyton vibes. And actually, it wasn't until I. Well, during the book, I googled, like, what's going on with Enid Blyton. Like, is there a lot of controversy around her? I thought you were going to say that you googled her a bit like I do. Where is Dido?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where is Enid Blyton?
0: (laughs) Pretty sure she's (laughs) dead. We don't know about Dido, Lauren. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, Edith Blyton the English Heritage Society has actually acknowledged that her books are racist. And there's this huge controversy in the book around Edith... No, Enid. <laughs> oh, God. Edith Twyford, that her books are xenophobic, that... Yeah, they're, um, they're banned in the school. And they're that's banned why in schools, and a lot of schools will, like... Parents will complain if it was on the curriculum, and so on and so forth. So it just made me think, like... Does Janet Hallett... Janice Hallett? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: Stop with the rose.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should put my glass down for a little bit. Oh, I'll, I'll let you off because Janet is a beau. And it's also like a combination of Yeah, her no, I totally get what you name. did there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks. But anyways, does she have know something about Ina Blyton that we don't know? And is this book a code? Firstly, this whole
1: speech from you is absolutely blown my mind (laughs) I can't believe I didn't think about Enid Blyton considering I was a Mallory Towers stan as a child (laughs) and they've got even similar names and then the whole famous five super six can't believe I didn't think about that and now that you've gone away and googled it and like her books were bad and like I mentioned earlier about how um Edith Twyford's books were adapted for, like, modern day. That was because they were xenophobic and, like, banned in a lot of places. Yeah. And then, like, Enid Blyton. Oh, my
0: God. Are we... Are we about to go on a hunt and crack this code? Are we going to crack Enid Brighton's code? I mean, uh, that's what... Where I was going, that like, thinking in this book. Like, is this a code within a
1: code? Which of her series? Is it in Mallory Towers? Is it in... Or The
0: Famous Fire? Is it in The Twyford Code by Janice Hallett? Oh! Is it in The Appeal? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there could... There might even... It might already exist. There might be, like, this fan page around, like, the conspiracy theories within this book. If not, we're starting one.
1: <laughs> Between our full-time job and running Book records, we are you actually know, about to start a, a lot conspiracy of theory
0: about like Um, But, yeah, that's... I just loved it. I just thought there was just so much like there was just so many little nuggets that were planted throughout the book that just made you think is that a clue you know yeah. and you don't appreciate a lot of them
1: until the end oh yeah like honestly i was just reading my way through in fact that was part my only downside of this mm. book and, that's, and this is purely because i'm comparing it to the appeal yeah which it is you know it's a great book in its own right Um, But in The Appeal I just I felt like the detective because it had those moments for like checking in with was it Charlotte and Femi? I'm trying to remember the names but you know if you you haven't read The Appeal every now and then it checks in with these two people that are supposed to solve the case and they just kind of recap their thoughts of what they just read they clarify who certain people Mm. are and it kind of reminds you as the reader you've got a motherfucking job to do and you need to solve this crime whereas in this one they don't have those breaks. Yeah. And so I was honestly just reading it as a reader, like, here for the ride, what are we going to learn about Edith Twyford and the Twyford Code? And I I didn't have a job to do as much. No. Did you get that? What, I, I, mean, I kind
0: of get why you're a little bit frustrated by that, but... Also, in like most books, you you don't have a job to do. You just have to read the book.
1: Well, you know, I wasn't frustrated. I was very much enjoying my just reading these voice notes. But I did
0: like having a job to do in the appeal. Yeah, I get... Because after you read, you know her style of writing and you've read The Appeal. Same as you, I went into reading this full-on expecting a mission as to the one we were given at the start of The Appeal. But then about a third of the way through, I realised that my detective skills just weren't needed for this case. So I just stopped trying to store like clues in the same way that I did with the appeal. However, the last one hundred pages of this book were wild. And they literally they just blew my mind. And obviously I'm not gonna give away any spoilers, but Janice Hallett is a fucking genius and she has written a book in a way, in such a way that there are clues throughout the book, but you would just have to be a genius to, to yeah. decipher them. And you know what? I wonder if now that we've told you that, would will you? other people
1: read it like a detective and look for those clues? Because I didn't. I was just there for the ride. Yeah, I know. I Me was too. just reading it.
0: And then when she started pointing them all out, I was like, oh, do I start again? Yeah, I now, know. I, I, I had that them. same thing. And actually, you wouldn't get that in the audiobook, would you? Because you, you wouldn't be able to read... The clues that are within the text. Like, no. for example, there'd be a paragraph and a, each of the letters within that paragraph would spell out a sentence or a clue yeah. for this code. And obviously you wouldn't know that. And it's not it doesn't go for all paragraphs. Like, there's a very yeah. certain... And do you
1: know what? It must...
0: There must be an 11... I mean, we don't even know
1: if it is an audiobook. But if it is... Mm. For like people that can't for people that are dyslexic or people yeah. that have visual impairments, yeah. they would listen to the audiobook. So I really hope it is accessible for them and that they can like have that fun looking for yeah, clothes. But equally, same. I didn't have fun looking for clothes, I wasn't looking for them. You weren't looking for no, them. No, exactly. It was when she told me about them, I was like, Oh, I'd love to have spotted those. Do I go back? And you know, there's a bit in the appeal where she says, or whoever says, <sighs> Oh, Go back and read yeah. this part again. And she and whoever it is tells you to go back and read it. And then I did yeah, go back and read it. And same. I was like, God, I, how did I not see that the first time? But they don't do that in this.
0: No, but I just think Janice Hallett has such a creative mind for writing these books. Both of them oh my God, are so carefully constructed that... Yeah, it just take it must have taken a huge amount of time to come. Oh, up with a Beth this thinking quote. about? It. It and she's code. got another book coming out that we've come out wait. at the end of this. I cannot wait. Um so moving on, I, I well actually another reason I think this book could be quite tricky to play detective with is because they're voice notes and they're all recorded by Stephen, I found him to be quite an unreliable narrator at some points, Like You'd sometimes catch him saying one thing to one person and then a different thing to somebody else. So it was hard to know what was the truth and what was a lie, and trust him as your like only source of information.
1: Yeah, we love an unreliable narrator, and I feel like that is down to studying Great Gatsby, like, Nick Carraway. I genuinely think if we hadn't studied, would I Nick know that at Great Gatsby, would I ever think? How reliable are you as a narrator? Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't question it. But yeah, guys, look out. There's a Nick Carraway-esque <laughs> character in this book. Um, so Jess, I'm actually really dying to know, because we've not discussed this yet, what did you prefer? What did you prefer out of the Appeal and the Twyford Code? I actually feel like... If
1: you were a true detective, you would know from everything I've said so far that (laughs) I did prefer the appeal. And, I mean, quick caveat. When we were doing our um, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Sally Rooney episode, we Mm -hmm. did talk about how you can't compare an author's one book to another book. Like, Beautiful World, Where Are You? is no normal people, and that's fine. And these are very different books, but it's purely because we only read this one because we read the appeal yeah true. um and yeah i i liked playing
0: detective Did you? in the appeal yeah. i
1: felt more like i had this job to do and i so enjoyed the Twyford code like it is such a reco yeah like it's so so clever but yeah i was just sort of like there i was it was like reading any i mean not any crime book cuz it is really special but the appeal was like Oh my god like i've i I need to solve this and they've given me all the facts and they're checking in with me and like making me look if i missed anything mm-hmm. and like, i just really enjoyed that like i think it's such a unique book because of that and the twyford code is a crime novel or a mystery novel not more isn't it yeah. more than crime and it is still told in a very unique way and it's and like i said it's such a recco, but i am um team of the appeal are you if we have to pick teams <laughs> 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 um Yeah. I'm intrigued to know which one you are because when you finished this one, you sent me the head-exploding emoji.
0: Yes, I did. And,
1: side note, it was the emoji, not the fucking bitmoji that pops (laughs) up. I don't know about any of you listeners, right, but sometimes you'll accidentally be on bitmoji and it sends an exploding head emoji and you can't delete it before it sends. Mine is always the fucking
0: unicorn. The unicorn? Always,
1: Mine is always my head exploding. And now me and Lauren know that when that pops up, it was accidental and we call her stupid this bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah, the stupid bitch. Anyway, you sent me the emoji, which is allowed. I did, I sent you the emoji. And you said, my head hurts, but the ending is... Exploding head emoji. Janice Hallett is a genius. I stand by everything I said. So
0: I'm like, is she the appeal of the Twyford Code? My answer... Uh, Keeps things nice and interesting because my favourite was by far and away the Twyford coat. We love to see it. We <laughs> <laughs> love to see it. Far and away, it honestly, just blew my mind, and I think it's because like you can take the 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 story as a whole, and it is as you say like it's a mystery novel, right? Yeah, and it's a great one. Yeah, it's a great one. There isn't anything, you know. Hugely special about the actual mystery in itself, but it 's the last a hundred pages that gets you to then reevaluate all of the text that you 've just written written and see all of the clues that have been peppered in that text that you just weren't aware of that for me, I was like, holy crap that I just it my brain hurts thinking about One, how difficult it would be to write a book. Two, how difficult it would be to write a book that has code interspersed within the text. And then three, making it like such a compelling story that you didn't even guess it was coming. Like, I don't know about you, I didn't see that coming. I knew. I I, I didn't see that big twist. No. And part of me was like,
1: did we need that big twist? And we did because clearly you appreciated it. Yeah, I loved it. And you just saying then, like, writing code into a story, I know for sure if I was writing a story and I was trying to hide code, I'd do it in, like, the first ten pages because I was so excited. (laughs) Like, what a fucking waste of the rest
0: of the book. Exactly. And, like, there's code that you know about because um, Stephen sort of starts cracking the code that's in the Twyford code... And you know you then learn to look for that code within all of the transcripts where they read out parts of sorry, um, Enid, e- e- Edith, <laughs> fucking <laughs> Enid or Edith, e- 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 same same wife But then when you get to the end, it's like a whole new thing it's that an actually, trip. yeah, it is. Yeah, it was just. I mean, we brilliant. went into
1: it. Completely blind. We have yeah. listened to a podcast about it, so now I am intrigued. Like, if if you listen to this podcast episode and it makes you read it, and then you read it, please like DM us your experience because yeah. I'd love to know if now that we've said these things, you're like looking for clo- code and yeah. maybe you work it out. I mean, that would be mind blowing if you worked it out. Oh my god, I'd be in awe if you were able to. And m- also, I'm absolutely gagging to know: Are you Team Jess the appeal or Team Lauren the swipe of code? <laughs> Not that you have to pick one.
0: But you kind of do. But we have. We've teamed up with Books That Matter, the feminist book subscription box service, to give our listeners a chance to receive their January box, which is an exclusive collaboration created with I Wei and Jamila Jamil. It
1: contains a copy of You Exist Too Much by Zayna Arafat, which has been on our radar for so long. And of course, it comes with some goodies like affirmation artwork, a Miss Patisserie fizz float, and
0: a note from Jamila Jamil herself. There are two ways to enter. If, like me, you listen on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. Or if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and share a screenshot on your Instagram story tagging at BookRecos can count your entry that way. Entries for the January box close on Monday the 24th of January and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 26th of January. If you're listening to this at a later date, then don't worry, it's a monthly competition, so
1: still enter and we'll count your entry towards whatever box it is at the time thank you so much for listening see you next week as you, in your own time Lauren have you, have you I'm recorded? recording <laughs> I'm recording your burps that happened in our trailer as well <laughs>